I, I haven't understood any understood. <laughs> like a bad a bad James Bond shaking but undisturbed. Um I mean shall I crack it? Shall I shall I shall I now how quickly did Pierre fall to the to the yeah, before we started right. recording. So you're showing more restraint. Okay, <laughs> like, oh, like a minute's more restraint. Hey, more is more. That's what I call, they call... <laughs> first, the first 50, the first 54 minutes of my show are as good as his, but it's the last minute where he just, he just wins. <laughs> no. Oh yeah, because it's all, it's all such gold that I couldn't possibly put the <laughs> mic down while I'm opening a, 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 a cold one. Um... Yes. Oh, I, I feel the, the fridges at this Sainsbury's could have been working a little harder because this is a cool one. Yeah. I think at best. It's a chill one. Mm. Yeah. A chill. <laughs> a chill. <laughs> yeah, it's like that Michelin web sketch. <laughs> that, was it? Proprietor, give me one of your, one of those lager beers. Oh, no, My microphone has been off this whole time. That's good. Missing <laughs> out on all those <laughs> takes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> I love that though. Is that there's just going to be weird pauses between? Is it two out of three of the conversations? Well, and there's like a ghost that we don't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, probably. Uh, in case anyone's listening, over the no. course of the Edinburgh Festival, Milo has died, but has haunted my mixer. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> he, he, is, he is. This is now a ghost cast. But if you're yeah. here and I'm there, then that means that's a slightly different. It's not ghosts. That, that's uh, more of like a Scooby-Doo thing, yeah. isn't it? Isn't yeah, it? Well, uh, uh, unmask <laughs> someone. Like, old man Edwards. Yeah. <laughs> it <laughs> was late <laughs> capitalism all along. You unmask me and it's just me underneath. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, though? I think it turns out the mystery of late capitalism was the friends we made along the way. <laughs> <laughs> well, when Milo reveals himself to be under himself, that's just a comment on the like destruction of the private in the panopticon of social media. Uh, no. Yeah, the meaninglessness of identity in late-stage <laughs> capitalism. Reduced merely to a set of preferences, an agglomeration of likes, <laughs> and a series of pictures of all of yourself doing the same pose in front of all the same <laughs> monuments when you realize that you have simply become a walking cost and profit center. Mm. Anyway, shall <laughs> we pass? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Lovely weather. There's <laughs> um. no, no more sirens today. A lot of sirens. And yesterday. Some. And yes, and we'll be more sirens tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was, I was editing the trailer for yesterday's one, and uh, there was like there were loud sirens in the street, so I couldn't hear. So I paused it for a minute, and then the sirens went away. And I played the trailer again, and there were sirens also on the trailer. <laughs> oh shit! Inescapable. Yeah. We live on we live on the most crack street in Edinburgh. For some reason, there's like <laughs> more, more accurately, our friend lives here because we both live in hell dormitory. Well, he's staying here. I live in a hell dormitory. I mean, yeah. this is great, and I can see there's a. Dis- Discworld board game in the corner, and that is genuinely an excitement to me. That I I've only played one Discworld board game oh, ever. That it's actually that could, one. That could be a good okay. idea for a future episode to yeah. play a game of Discworld. I think so. This is a PhD student flat. I feel like that's why those right, are, right. Yeah, you know, those you guys know. know how to party. Terry Pratchett's <laughs> Terry Pratchett's Discworld series is probably the best satire <laughs> series ever. Genuine, genuinely very good. Um, Although I I I um. I really hope that uh, Ghost Milo doesn't uh, continue haunting the... Oh, good, he's back. Oh, I'm back, yeah. <laughs> I, went to, I went to close the door. Oh, okay. You you know, don't don't I, want to disturb any of these PhD I students hard at work with any of our troll. takes. No, true. I mean, there is actually one PhD student in this flat currently working, so... Uh, given that I could be evicted at any time, <laughs> <laughs> be good not to particularly push that button. <laughs> um, so, uh, I think for all the, all the fans at home and possibly our guest, Alex... 
Uh, welcome to Trash Future, the podcast about how the future is trash, and your shopping guide to the dystopia of late-stage capitalism, who I got with me. Oh, so we, we, we were confused. There was actually quite a clear finger point from Riley indicating yeah. that I should speak, and I sort of was too polite to even agree to that. We'll edit my, out the awkward my, silence. Yeah. Oh, hell no, we won't. Yeah, if, if you come to my show and edit out the awkward silences, it does become a 35-minute show instead of a 55-minute show. It's a very weird edit. Um, my name is Alex Keeley. I am a comedian uh, and maths tutor, um, but for this month, I'm primarily a comedian at the Edinburgh Fringe doing a predominantly political comedy show. And uh, when and where can that be seen? And if someone wanted to find you on the social media. <laughs> as all the kids call it these days. Uh, yeah, I think that is what m- almost all of the coolest kids are calling it. The great it. stand-up stage on, in the cloud. <laughs> <laughs> um, so my show is called, uh, it's, my name's Alex Keeley, and it's called The Art of the Keel, which is a uh, solid pun if you're American and know the book well enough. And I found for British audiences, no, they don't, don't know it well enough. Luckily, I haven't planned £5,000 of fixed costs into a show uh, where the pun is sort of like, ah, uh-huh, if you like explain to it. Um, that's <laughs> 4.20, Just a Tonic in the Caves, and um, it's pretty sick. Mm. Um, I really hope you're doing 69 shows. Yeah, I am doing probably 69 shows, actually, in the end, actually, including the guest spots. God, oh, nice. Nice. <laughs> or at least 42.0. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um Good, yeah, and I'm I am uh, I'm Milo Edwards. You may remember me from previous episodes of this podcast. Like every I eat previous all episode. of them, <laughs> yeah. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Milo underscore Edwards or Instagram of the same. And uh, I am Riley Quinn, the other host of this podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Rale R A L E H. My ill-advised Twitter handle that I feel it's too late to change. Never make a joke with the handle, mate. Uh, I'm just going to check back in with at Alex Keeley, uh, K E A L Y. Alex, you should if you can't do Alex then. Mm-hmm. Don't. No, it's don't not worth it. Yeah, Twitter's not for you. I'll explain. I'll explain the surname, not the full name. I'm not can. a full name explainer. I won't. If you can't do Alex, you're unlikely to get the art of the keel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're not going to enjoy my jokes about the heat of the universe that much if you're. <laughs> I told my mom about the title of your show. Be like, oh, that this is amusing, and she was like, what? <laughs> um, and I was like, so there's a Donald Trump book called The Art of the Deal. Um, and I believe it's a reference. And she was like, she's like, this is too niche. Like, she's like, it's a problem with you millennial comedians with your niche references. My, my show is, a, my audience is a double filtrated, like kind of um, whiskey barrel aged audience. I love it. It's, it's mm-hmm. exactly what yeah. I want. Well, that's nice. They're, 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 well, you know, they say um, if millennials could afford homes if we'd only stop getting audiences on toast every morning. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, oh, sirens right a, on cue. It's a large, one of these a large sirens. siren. So is, we're, yeah. we're doing something a little different for this episode than we usually do. Ordinarily, as, 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 as regular fans of the Garbage Men will know, uh, mm-hmm. we take a couple products and a couple of developments and rank them more or less between stupid and evil. But mm. The old st- scale. The old, the old scale. But uh, <laughs> today, I'm still going to grab a product from my shopping bag of late-stage capitalism, and we're still going to you know, probably rip on it. Um, but then we have actually found the most incredible book <laughs> um, and it's it will change your life I really want to sing the Book of Mormon right now but I'm holding myself <laughs> <laughs> no no um, it's called Little Winds uh, the transformative whatever secret to business success involved in thinking like a toddler beautiful um, yeah uh, the thesis of this book is um, I actually copied it out here because I'm doing my homework 
my proposition is that toddlers are some of the world's most creative, ambitious, and determined humans. Their imagination, ingenuity, and single-mindedness are second to none. Their ability to disrupt a norm, execute a plan, negotiate a deal, and routinely shit in their pants would put some of the slickest entrepreneurs and CEOs to shame. I'm guessing shit in their pants was a bit no, that, that you was, added in. That was an editorial. I think... <laughs> <laughs> Riley reads between the lines. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think in, in an era of Trump, though, we now do have a president and a CEO of a company and country who actually probably does routinely wear adult diapers. Certainly, certainly sort of emotionally, mm-hmm. but possibly, you know, mm. physically. I would like an emotional adult diaper. I mm. think that would be... I'm not sure how it would work, but well, I like do if want you, one. If you like accidentally depression everywhere, that it's like everyone's like fine with it, or like everyone's... If you like, it's like... That it's a safety net for crying. And to be honest, the more I describe it, the more it's highly legitimate. And I don't. I regret sort of staying as a kind of like, ah, ha, 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 ha. But yeah. like, yeah, we should all get emotional. We could make a lot of money doing that. A, a, right. Emotional right. adult diapers. Yeah, we can sell it in one of those shops in well, London. The emotion, the totes emotional tote tote I mean, bag that I saw, which I wanted to kill all. Oh wow! Yeah, totes emotion because it's a tote bag, but like there's a phrase called totes emotion. And also, oh, did it have an apostrophe in it to make that clear? Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, the thing is, I couldn't... I was killing them at the time, so I couldn't... Uh, they, they deserved... Uh-huh, the blood splatter made it. deserved death. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, the, it's, sc- it's the school of life now, is where that was sold. Given your, uh, Ironically, it made you totes emotion. I've been less emotional. Given that yeah. you're on the lam from a murder charge, it's interesting that you're broadcasting your location. <laughs> I d- yeah. I should have checked the subscriber level to the point of, mm. like, um, is, is that... Is it, uh, is you're it remarkably missable? unsketched by the sirens as well. Mainly the police... The police, mostly. Yeah. Uh, Cressida Dick is, <laughs> is our number one fan. I can't believe... Sting, <laughs> the other guys, you know. I can't believe this is the only po- politics podcast on police radio. <laughs> like, I can't... <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know why I've said that on police radio. Yeah, so you, many crimes are going unsolved because, like... <laughs> The normal radio chatter about like yeah like suspect heading south on it's that know. one half hour that you have yeah. to commit a crime mm. because that's the only time. Oh yeah. yeah, exactly. It's it's like the purge, but with way more sort of nervous millennial. Uh, <laughs> 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 oh, more more purging. So uh, mm. I'd like to, to hop right in. With, I, that that uh, that uh, extract that you read out was the most sickening thing. Uh-huh. I made a face of like pure sadness when you were reading it out. Mm. Um, <laughs> so you're not like a toddler then. <laughs> I mean, man, I don't know. We're gonna get. We're getting into it now. I'll let, I'll let get you get into it. it. Let's get into yeah. it. Before we hop into the toddler stuff, though, um, I want to introduce to you guys a product that might excite the toddler in you. Um, I'm only going to give you the name, mm. and I want you to tell me based on the name what you think it is and does. Okay. It's a game we play every time because it's just such good fun and hasn't led to me kill myself yet. <laughs> it might soon. Uh, it's called the Smalt. The what? Smalt. S M A L T. It sounds like a product from The Simpsons. <laughs> like an ill-advised, like Homer develops a new product that's made of like semolina and malt. Well, so th- when you smelt something, that's when you like uh, bur- like boil metal down into liquid, or is that when you hammer it together? What's smelting? I think it's when you boil it down. Yeah, boil it down and mix it together and then it becomes an alloy. See, you learn stuff on this podcast too. Lovely, an alloy. Yeah. Sweet. So I reckon it does that, but for food. Uh-huh. It's like smelting, but for food. So a pan. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Are you making a joke about like, oh, d- Alex is so ridiculous. He said that a late stage capitalism thing was a highly complicated description, but then actually a very simplistic product already exists from early stage capitalism. Yes, mm. yes, that's, yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. Yes, yes. correct. Here's the beautiful thing. It, I'll, give you a, I'll give you a quick hint. 
because this is just so fun and there's so much about it. It is Wi-Fi enabled. And Bluetooth enabled. Have we that ever had a product that literally isn't? doesn't narrow it down. In the Internet of Things okay. age, that okay. doesn't narrow okay. it down in any way. Okay. I know. I'm going to read you the subtitle, uh, which gives no clues as to what it is. Features mood lighting to set the ambiance and a Bluetooth oh. speaker to play music. Oh, my God. Oh, portable fuck dungeon. I don't... <laughs> Play music uh-huh. while you smelt. Um, smelt. Smalt. Smalt. The <laughs> is it? If I just say smalt a lot, then I'll get there, right? Does it? Does it? Does it shrink smalt. things? <laughs> it's an exclamation, and no. No. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, in the interest of giving more information about this, because it's great, we're going to lock down guest number one as a Simpsons B plot. Yeah. <laughs> and an exclamation or pan. Yeah, yeah, an ex- yeah, exclamation, uh, yeah, yes. Out of pan. I'm going to read this, these next two sentences mm. that may make uh, you, Alex, because you're not used to it, get up and leave, and right. you just sink your head into the table. <laughs> okay. Smalt is not just an amazing addition to your smart home, it's also a fun way to shake up the night. More than just a centerpiece and more than just a salt dispenser. No! 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 Fuck. <laughs> Smolt is a conversation starter and a great way to entertain guests. Mate, imagine if, imagine if you're someone where a smolt genuine is a conversation starter, that you can't ignite a conversation prior to a smolt. Is, uh, is this? Is it at least? If only there was something to talk. Wait, where does your salt come from? <laughs> what is that? What is that funky Wi-Fi enabled salt dispenser perched coquettishly in the middle of your oh, smart home? Man. You can't actually use the smalt to shake salt onto your food. You need your phone. What? Is this like a health thing as well, where it's like trying to cut down the amount of salt and then it like bio tracks you? Oh. I'm gonna post this picture, but this picture says, "Shake your phone." Shake, pinch, or pour, all using your smartphone. Salting is so much fun with the Smalt app. But what do you put? But the, you, sorry, but do you have you to hold have both to hold hands. The thing. Do you have to put it? You put it on the table. Oh, great! Yeah, yeah. You know how you used to be able to use one hand? But, oh my god! <laughs> and it syncs with your Amazon Alexa. Whoa, my Simply god! Simply say, Alexa, dispense half a teaspoon of salt. And this company's worth like three point two trillion pounds, right? Is that <laughs> is that what is that what? Yeah, um, I think a, a full billion. A full, yeah. yeah. Wait, uh, no, no, that's I not hope. true. <laughs> no. um, I don't know what to believe anymore. <laughs> I'm not convinced of the worth of WhatsApp. Like, so wh- when you and initially that's like tangible what it does. <laughs> when you initially said it's more than just a salt dispenser, I was really hoping that was like a weird little description where it just wasn't a salt dispenser. Mm. Like, it's more than just a salt dispenser. And it's, it's not a, a salt dispenser. Yeah. <laughs> it's a home cinema system. I think we can all agree. <laughs> Sorry, it's an egg. Yeah. Sorry, I forgot. So it's just like an egg. Yeah, you know eggs. Yeah. It's an egg. No, it, it, it was never a salt dispenser to begin with. I don't know why we cleared that up. We fired the guy who wrote the copy. But no, it's actually a useful way to spend. Uh, hang on. I don't want to over-egg the pudding on this, but... Or to over-salt the pudding. Uh, <laughs> Using your Amazon Alexa. <laughs> the, the full price is uh, $200. US. <laughs> Does that come with any salt? In Roman times, that would be a good deal. Yeah. That'd be a good deal. That's like hard currency, critical for maintaining your food stocks, oh, longevity. Yeah. Classic. But if you've got soldiers to pay, yeah, uh, yeah, you know, if you've got fields to make completely useless agriculturally. Oh yeah, that's, oh, no, yeah. That's Car- hey yeah. guys, I'm dropping some Carthage refs. <laughs> how, how the how the podcast listeners <laughs> vis-a-vis Carthage refs? I'd say Car- Cartago de Lenda asked, but uh, I think yeah. we 
maybe San Francisco Dylan Dast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Palo oh my Alto. god. Uh, <laughs> we have to we have to salt Palo Alto, and I have. But how can you? How can you? Um, the problem is that what is what's the like twenty first century version of salting? What's an expensive thing that destroys their industry because they're not doing agriculture? What's like oh. a Silicon Valley salting? Oh, I already a virus. It. It's it's literally just you take a drone. It is still salting. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, you okay. put a smalt on a drone, right? And then say, Alexa, dispense one Silicon Valley of salt. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a lot of salt. <laughs> That'd be a great deal of salt, but. Thank God. Um, but just, yeah. Can so. you make tech companies barren by sprinkling <laughs> salt on them? Uh, They're staffed <laughs> entirely by slugs who have terrible ideas. Right. Which, you know, I'm not left-wing enough to use that as a pejorative, but maybe they are. Maybe they are the center-left slugs that we need to oh, take down. Yeah, oh, be, shit, I forgot yeah. about slugs yeah. being one of those well, Slugs and melts, mate. We slugs and melt, melts. We could melt, melt the slugs. slugs. Yeah, yeah, I love melt. I, I mean, I love melting slugs. <laughs> that- I'm... I'm unclear. I'm unclear on that. <laughs> I might be a slug, so I'm not sure I want to be melted. <laughs> yeah, I also I think politically I'm a slug. <laughs> feel like loads of like weird, um, like formally like just London slang has been like kind of adopted by Americans who don't fully understand. Like, I mean, like I remember melt was like an Essex thing to say someone was like a bit wet or like, and now it's become a like. No, it's the um, DSA. No, it's <laughs> Is the, it Chapo? No, it's not Chapo. It's real politic that started it. Yeah, and then yeah. it got popular. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, so there was that. There was that. Um, actually, I, it, I um, when I sort of started following the real politic guys on Twitter, uh, they all followed me back immediately, which was interesting because who the fuck am I? Um, and it turns out. Let's expand on that. Turns, <laughs> who are you? Yeah, a I didn't podcast. know that this was going to be. I don't think it was going to be a confessional autobiographical <laughs> podcast. You just bring in two guests. I'm like, well, we're very redundant. This episode, O'Reilly explains himself to the world. Yeah. The, uh, the 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 re- the reason that they sort of they they, they sort of were like all sort of paid close attention to me for a sec because I had like a byline in the New Statesman in my bio and they were like, mm, we did we did just make fun of them quite right, a right. bit. The enemy follows <laughs> us. The crows oh, of yes. Sauron. <laughs> <laughs> many spies have many eyes. But ba- okay, back to the salt really quickly. I just want to say one more thing about about it, which is the great, the, 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 the wonderful thing. Um, okay, one of its features is, I, I'm going to go back to the app, this is the wording they used. Use the app as a hassle-free way to dispense salt. A hassle-free way to dispense salt. For the benefit of the listener, Alex's face right now is a be- <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. It's I like, just, you, to be fair, like I, I, you know, I often when I'm talking with my therapists, I'm like, obviously mm-hmm. the deepest hassle in my life is condiment, is like putting some condiments on things. That's the thing that, there's, 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 I'm sorry, but there is like there is literally more hassle. There is literally more hassle. What what is the genuine benefit? I'm like, what is the actual benefit of the product according to them? What is the actual benefit? They say, they, they're yeah. saying it's hassle free. They, they're saying that it's it like tracks your salt intake, but right. only from the small. Great. So yeah. not your um, so you added. T- salt. You have to take a two hundred dollars small everywhere with you when you're going to eat out. And if there's any added salt, and you have to go into the kitchen to make sure that they yeah, don't so, put hey, salt you in put your meal, or that they, they only use the small. Yeah. yeah. You if you're using a <laughs> small <laughs> and like you've got. <laughs> and you've got other people around for dinner. Can you like tag them in it so that it like goes? It's like it's like splitting an Uber. You can split a smalt, and it like adds salt onto their daily allowance. I didn't yeah. go the full. It's only half. I should only be doing about a third of this smalt. It's not. It's mostly your smalt yeah. that we're. Yeah, so, like split wise, but for salt, it's completely untenable. 
Uh, I'm going to read now one uh, question from the Q&A, and I'm going to try to get you, guess you, get you guys to guess the answer. Question. Can I put pepper in smalt? I'm going to say definitely no. <laughs> like, why would you even ask that? <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> get our... Only if you buy the Pemepa, <laughs> which is our sister product. Pepper, but with no E. So yeah, no, pepper yeah it's, just, it's just Pemepa, right? Pemepa? <laughs> if it's small, it's Pemepa, right? Yeah. Um, answer. Uh, no, the smalt is only designed to track, control, and measure salt. <laughs> like, bl- bl- what? Like, yeah. ha- like, can we ask if you can put cocaine in a smalt? <laughs> Dispense one gram. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm going to uh, here add in the clip from The Simpsons where Milhouse asks if the boxes in the box factory have ever had any candy in them, and the man who owns the box factory says, no, these boxes only ship nails. Yeah, so that sounds fun, right? Who here wants a small? Uh, I mean, imagine if I get to a point in my life where I could genuinely afford a, afford a small, <laughs> and that I'm, I'm mentally ill enough that I want a small. Yeah, it's a really like it's a good way. I think we should just like because I think it's really difficult to you know accurately diagnose like serious mental illness to the to the extent where we could just section everyone who buys a smalt, <laughs> and it might save a lot of resources that could be spent on treating those people. It's it's like an imperfect net, but as nets go, it would be okay. Like one of the okay better net. nets. Yeah, yeah. Eighty you know, twenty principle. We're gonna catch <laughs> most of them. Yeah, you'd get a yeah. few crustaceans in there or something <laughs> or other, but by and large. 20, 20% sort of ironic. Uh, had like, you, like, we'd probably be on our browsing history now. You're in the net. Oh, I'm on a, I'm you're on, in, you're on a list. We'd be on a watch list, yeah. From doing this podcast, my browsing history is just garbage. Well, they think you're Zuckerberg from your browsing history. <laughs> Definitely not running for president, guys. Definitely not. No way. <laughs> well, we no just, way we, we all like to go to Iowa, don't we? Iowa's uh, the best. There's so much to do yeah. in Iowa with all the <laughs> corn. <laughs> just corn. Well, if you have a really big smalt, you can certainly spice up that corn. That's uh... <laughs> no, you cannot spice it up. You may only salt it up. Salt it up. <laughs> you've got you got a smalt hanging from a helicopter. <laughs> anyway, that's um. So that's 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 today's buyer's guide. Uh, buy a smalt if you want to have your rent paid in an insane asylum. Oh my god. Okay, so like, how on the scale of crazy things that you flag, where is that on the scale? Is that even anywhere near the most bad? Because to me, that's like, fuck. But is that just like normal? I think the Juicero is more insane. (laughs) Okay, just can we like have a, like, uh, can we just stop doing portmanteaus? Could that be a thing that stops? Like I just fed up the the Juicero. Yeah. What is that? I really want to keep yeah. our powder dry on the juice. <laughs> okay, wait, has it not happened yet? We haven't done it. It's, it's, it's actually one of the things that gave me the idea for the pod. But you saved it, okay. We're saving it. Okay, cool. Off, off mic, you will hear a sort of mini earthquake from the Edinburgh area <laughs> yeah. when I find out what the fuck the juice is. So stay tuned for that. <laughs> stay tuned for Alex Keeley's demise. <laughs> yeah, I've been having a really good Edinburgh and I can't believe this podcast is going to be the thing that gives me that mental breakdown I've managed to avoid this fringe. <laughs> I would like to see you do your hour of stand-up but just as a complete rant about a shit product that you found out about like sorry the show is off today <laughs> it's just going to be this there's, def- there's definitely a few men's i can cut from today to replace with the juice arrow and or smalt right? oh absolutely I mean, we could we could get them to fight i think one of the key themes in this podcast that keeps coming up is that your internet of things enabled smartphone smart home 
is going to become sentient, learn to talk to one another. Your Juicero and your Smalt and your Tiforia and whatever will kind of begin to get to know one another, eventually fall in love and see you as the main barrier to the um, acting out of their unnatural urges. Oh, so it's like, it's like her, but they'll actually kill us rather than like disappear into like a... Have you seen her? Yeah. I, I'm familiar with it, but I've not seen it. Yeah. Sorry to disrupt the overall negativity of the, the fun activity, but it's quite good. I enjoyed yeah. it. It's okay. Yeah, I, I heard it was good. It's good. Yeah. You know. It's good. It's a good, it, um, it's, a, it's a good little film. What really surprises me about the smalt, though, is that uh, they're not trying to sell you their own salt to go in it, like special salt, like that's yeah, actually yeah. called Nespresso. smalt. Yeah. yeah, in smalt capsules. That's it's not compatible. You can't get normal salt. You have to put. You have to buy yeah. the small or pepper. You idiot. <laughs> I, I have an experiment that I want to do now, which is I'm gonna when I when we publish this podcast, I'm going to tag Smalt in it. I'm gonna post it to Smalt. I'm gonna see if they actually <laughs> take this idea. <laughs> so the capsule thing, yeah. With oh uh, with God. prepackaged ten dollars Smalt capsules, you now puts you in control of your dinner seasoning experience. Like different kinds of sort, like peri salt they can get, like from and various other kinds, like some sort of. Uh, oh no, they specify uh, you can't use any kinds of salt other than free flowing table salt. You can't use rock salt of any kind. It has to be free flowing salt. So you have to use bad salt. It's literally worse. It's li- it's literally worse than an eight pound, like an eight dollar grinder yeah. that you could. Mm. The only one that was ever the one thing that was good is my mum got a pa- my mum. Asked for Christmas for a thing, which I think was very valid, which was a pepper grinder, and it's a little button you press the top, mm-hmm. and it automatically like grinds the pepper when it comes out. It's very convenient for when you're not for the table, just when you're cooking, because if mm-hmm. you're trying to do things with multiple hands, yeah. that's fine. That's the furthest technical, the fucking Wi-Fi connected Alexa conspiratorial <laughs> small. Oh, yeah, that's go good. Well, even my my parents got Icarus by those fucking pepper grinders because they they had the ones. Sorry. with we the rewind to that verb? Yeah, I think, yeah. Good. I'm glad we got a full quorum <laughs> to the rewind. <laughs> I mean, as in getting. I can, I can sort of, I can sort of understand, but it's like we have to call you on that verb. We have to call you on it. Yeah. Icarus who flew too close to the sure, sun, sure, right? Sure. Which melted his wings, which are yeah. made of wax and feathers. Sure. Um, just, so my parents had the had the have never heard it verbed. I'm so <laughs> keen the, to find out how this factors into pepper. Yeah, well, they had the, they had the push button electric uh, salt and pepper dispenser you're talking about for cooking, and then uh, I don't know whether it was my mum, or my dad, or my dad, or my mum, but they got those. There's a, there's a, there's another level up from that in technology where they're ones which they just sense when you turn them upside down and they electrically grind the pepper. Right. So it's theoretically, it's like even more hands free, mm-hmm. but they just broke like almost instantly. It's just like a terrible like <laughs> like that level of like gyroscope should not be in a product that cheap. Um, and so they had to go back to the push button one. So really, we did we did genuinely find the limit. We went slightly over it, and that yep, nope, fucked. And so definitely, the small is like way further. I'm doing a lot of gesturing right now, which yeah, will come yeah, out yeah. on the podcast. Good gesturing. The mm. well, that's the thing. I'm 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 saddened that, that the thing where you, we seem to be learning from the Soviet Union at the moment is the hard left toleration of uh, uh, anti-Semitism and extremism, which happens to work with its side of the spectrum, rather than the good thing for the Soviet Union, which is the whole like uh, NASA spent three million dollars developing a pen that could work under water and the, and the Soviets used a pencil. Yeah. And that's yeah. like where, like, could we like pencil our economy a little bit more, please? <laughs> I feel like there's like loads of like basic shit that we could get on. Anyway. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that'll get, the vomit will get edited out, right? <laughs> we'll keep, keep, keep the vomit in. Yeah, keep my permission to keep the vomit in. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. of course. I mean, our, our listeners love that sort of like nice liquidy 
squish <laughs> of the vomit yeah. hitting the thanks, pop filter. Thanks, this innocent gun lager beer brewed with naked golden oats. We oh, want, yeah. One want to be clothed golden oats. Well, that, Absolutely that's, not. That's, that's the thing. The main, I think the main foible of our podcast we've learned as we've looked at our, our three main co-hosts, myself, Milo, and Charlie Palmer, and every guest we've ever had... Um, is 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 that there is a great deal of um, I don't know some hypocritical craft beerism yeah. <laughs> going on. Yeah, I think well, I like this beer. I I would say that it's like a, a like a just like a nice a nice lager, but they've gone to town. I think the main thing that is crafted about is they've just gone to town with the external design. Mm. But I'm like, yeah, in a, you know, respectfully, you provided me with this beverage. It's a very good beverage. But it's, it's not yeah. like it's not. I don't even like craft beer. I don't, it's good. Feel I'm, free to rip on the beer. Like, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just complimenting. I'm complimenting the beer. Alex Keeley, man of the people. Yeah. <laughs> just like um, fish and chips and beer, guys. So, uh, how's everyone's will to live? Like less. It's definitely less. <laughs> I was starting from a good place. I'm having a nice time this month, but I am. It is the first time when I've been like. And I have to watch like a couple of videos of my show of Trump every day, Ugh. and even Ooh. then, now I'm like, well. Maybe this is the time when it'll all end. That'll kill me. Do you reckon Donald's got a free smolt? <laughs> I, I sent him one. Like he has, he only eats like McDonald's, doesn't he? He yeah, eats he, like a lot of McDonald's. He eats only McDonald's. No reason or, he can't smolt it. Or um, or or well done steaks with ketchup, as we all know. And then I love that like right wing commentators leap to his defense on the well done steaks with ketchup thing because it'll be like 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 Ben Shapiro, you know, uber nerd of like no mountain. Um, as, as gnome mountains, <laughs> yes, the gnomes live on a mountain. They want to feel tall. Um, I remember that. That's an opera. That's like a, an opera up here again, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And what he he does he, well. Um, Trump actually wants to order something very hard to get done well, so he gets a burnt steak with ketchup, so we can see if his restaurants are actually doing a good job of the difficult dish. It's like no, that's not that's not what's happening. He's he's mm. like a an, an old man child whose brain like, Trump steaks. Who's it's, it's my favorite piece of television ever, the Trump steaks advert. <laughs> These are some of the best steaks. Believe me, I know. <laughs> steaks are my favorite food. Aside from McDonald's, and you can only get them at the sharper image. Okay. <laughs> can we clarify that his worst food thing though? Like we all know how he eats pizza, right? You know he eats heat with a dungeon full of sex slaves. Well, sure, but well, yeah. like the <laughs> specifically how he puts it in his mouth on a we boat orgy in front of the Boy Scouts, <laughs> and then he lies about getting a beautiful letter from the Boy Scouts leader after the orgy, and actually the Boy Scouts it's leader a beautiful like, That's letter. Kind of against. There's no badges for this. Uh-huh. There's no badges for the. Or- there's no orgy badge. No, you get a test result, but that's it. Yeah. <laughs> so he. So. So, guys, we all know pizza, mm-hmm. the classic shape of a pizza, a triangle, and then a little... It's a, you know, yeah. it's a sector of a circle. Yeah. yeah. He holds the pizza by the central corner bit and then eats the crust first. He puts it... Oh, it's that Pizza crust, Hut advert. He puts the crust into his mouth first and then keeps going to the, the, this... He... You, you, the crust is there to hold. You're there to hold the crust and then eat... The, and then you... you There's a... Functionally, the pizza exists... It's, Everyone has always said that Donald Trump is an idiot child, and using that child thing, I'm mm. going to segue into the next thing. But I think this proves to me that actually, Donald Trump is like, like, like an alien. You could, you <laughs> could use a- him to childproof design. Like you give him a product <laughs> that you think is foolproof, and then Trump has a crack at it, and you suddenly realize, oh God, no, 
Oh, we so didn't like, even realise you could fit that in your nose. Are we hoping the red button has a child lock on it? Is that what you... You have to push it down a, and yeah. twist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we put, we put the nuclear codes in this bottle of bleach. We uh-huh. think it's going to be okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, we put He's the like, nuclear codes Look at him with his stubby fingers. Trump. <laughs> Trump trying to wrapping both hands around the cap on the nuclear codes, uh-huh. fumbling to get them open. Um... Well, speaking of childlikeness and speaking of our, our, our collective wills to live. Ooh, that, was, that was the hiss of a cold one being cracked oh, open. A, wonder, a wonderfully cold, a cool one still. Mm. 27 I, minutes took me to launch that first one. That's I am going to uh, read Solid. out the nine core pieces of advice that Paul Lindley has uh, for his uh, Baby Secrets to Success in Business book. Um, and I, when, I, when I say them out, just... You know, jump, jump in uh, when you think that they're somehow a bit weird. Rule number one, be confident. I mean, it's easier said than done, isn't it? Um, so it's like saying be successful as a, as a piece of suggestion. Like, you know, be tall. Yeah. yeah. Be good looking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, did someone, so a mate of mine recently met someone who's quite high up in Bumble and they were talking about like how to be successful on Bumble. And the guy from Bumble said, well, there are two rules. Be good looking and don't be bad looking. <laughs> it's, like, it's good to see the people in these companies are sanguine <laughs> about we, the kind of world they're creating. We also remember that Bumble is meant to be the like, progressive like, feminist one of these. Uh-huh. Oh, if anything, so it's like yeah. the good. Bumble's the good one. Uh-huh. Yeah. And that's still that. Tinder is yeah. literally Mad Max. <laughs> and not like, not like the, the latest <laughs> Mad Max, like the early Mad Max. It's like Mel Gibson half naked, you know. Do not become too addicted to matches. <laughs> being anti-Semitic. Okay, so um, here, here, is, here, is the, um, here is the list. Be confident. Be creative. Dive right in. Never give up. Get noticed. Be honest. Show your feelings. Have fun and involve others. That's how you be successful in business, apparently. Involve others, but not if you've not already got a patent. No. You know, that is a key. In, involve others in terms of, you know, borrow money from them and then declare bankruptcy. <laughs> ah, yes. I, I don't know about you guys, but nothing says having fun like never giving up. Like, yeah. I never, I never, it's, every time I'm having fun, I'm always also aware of the need to uh, wrestle against my current emotions of wanting to give up on something. I think yeah. that. Mm-hmm. I think some of these pieces of advice are contradictory. Ever, ever so slightly, con- almost, almost as though. Uh, Describes my sex life. You know, <laughs> have fun, but never give up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> like I'm sweating a lot now. I'd like to stop, but <laughs> I've committed to this. And the implied tenth piece <laughs> of advice: um, uh, chafing is only in your mind. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful um, song. So I, I think my mind could actually chafe, to be honest. It's like a. <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's, this is just the perfect, um, I think, summation of our modern hell economy, uh, which is that not only do you have to, if you want any chance of ever, I don't know, retiring or enjoying any element of your life, you have to plaster yourself to an office chair with like a rictus grin pulled along your face by hooks. As you say to yourself, I just love Excel. Mm, I would, I would actually work here even if it weren't for the money. You know, it's mm. just like it gives my life like a real meaning. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. What I actually, what inspires me is being part of a team, <laughs> and building something bigger than myself. Specifically, uh, the profits for a group of transnational capitalists. Sure. Got to make sure. Got to make more sure progressive that than the is... gender normative national capitalists, <laughs> yeah, though. To yeah, be yeah. fair, so you know, <laughs> no, that's better. 
<laughs> um, I yeah, I remember once being at a job interview and the guy said like he was like, "What would you say your skills are?" I was like, "I don't know. I'm like, I'm quite." This was, this was to work in a bank. This was back in my back in my early days before I became so woke. Um, <laughs> and uh, I was like, "Well, yeah, I'm quite good with numbers. Or, you know, can be reasonably creative. You know, sort of, I said some shit like that." And then at the end, he was like, "I find it really interesting that you didn't say teamwork." And I'm like, well, it's not really a skill, is it? It's just, like, the ability to, like, work with other people without, like... It's, like, basically, I'm saying, like, I don't have, like, a really severe personality disorder. (laughs) And I don't feel the need to state that in an interview. (laughs) I find it interesting that you didn't mention that you weren't a sociopath. Yeah. (laughs) Because most most people who work here are. (laughs) Most sociopaths would state that. So I'm just (laughs) Mm. going to... So before Goldman Sachs, you don't have to be a sociopath to work here, but it helps. <laughs> uh, you don't have to be a sociopath to work here, and if you're not a sociopath, can I interest you in a reverse mortgage? <laughs> <laughs> um, so before we before we jump into our various chapters that we've picked, because we've done some fucking homework. Oh yeah. Um, I'm going to ask yeah. you guys a, a question that's posed by the book. What it, what was it like to have a mind unclouded by nagging doubts and the creeping fear of what tomorrow might bring? To feel pure excitement without being guilty about it to imagine things without being frivolous, and to smile without having to try. What was that like? I think it was like Donald Trump's first week in office, wasn't it? And that was basically... <laughs> and when he got in there and he's like, uh, where do you get the stakes around here? <laughs> that, I mean, what you said was a perfect anti-description of my personality. It's like, <laughs> I've never... I've definitely, I've definitely felt joy and excitement. I've never not felt guilty about it. <laughs> no. Like, never. I'm not even Catholic. It would make so much sense if I were Catholic, but I'm not. <laughs> Alex O'Keefe. It's when you find out you're you're adopted and you're actually genetically Catholic. <laughs> That's how religion works, guys. Yeah. It goes through. Does it go through the mo- the father or the mother Catholicism? I never know. Um, right. Uh, yeah. it, well, it, um, well, I, I think it goes uh, through the trousers uh, towards the back. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so, what I think, what was it like to have a mind unclouded by nagging doubts? I don't know because when I was a toddler playing with small cars, I would ask my parents how to do it right and if it was okay if I didn't do it in a straight line. Oh. <laughs> Fuck, mate. Is that true? That is the funniest and saddest thing I've heard for a long time. Mummy, am I doing playing right? Am I doing free-form creativity and joy correctly? If not, I can adapt. Just set me some targets. (laughs) Circling around back to my sex life. At the risk Mm. of of speaking too much, I'm going to bust through the first chapter that I've read and taken some notes on. Uh, and then we're going to hand off, and we're going to go around, and hopefully by the end of this podcast, you will all be the brilliant bit brain business baby geniuses that we all are. Oh, shit. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, he, and, and be confident, what, uh, what Mr. Lindley notes most of all is the theme of that chapter really is, uh, if you have an idea, just do it. Just do it. If you have an idea, just do it. Don't think about it. Um, <laughs> and don't think about how it's going to affect others either. Um, and uh, he says that there's an exercise where people are asked to draw the person Trump has read them. this book. My <laughs> man is literally like, you, he's not read any books, Milo. No, he's that's had not, a, he's got not a lie. book on tape. Maybe some, maybe his assistant Spark noted it. No, that's he, the most. No, I think he has assist- it explained to him yeah, by yeah, yeah. someone else. His assistant gave him the gist. Yeah, uh, I'm a busy guy. <laughs> what has he got to say about being a toddler? I'm a, I'm a okay, bu- so if you've got any idea, just do it. Great. Okay, that's all the time I've got. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, I'm, I'm a busy guy, but I see those toddlers in preschool. They build great towers with, uh, with blocks. <laughs> they use only blocks. I need to use contractors. What are the secrets? <laughs> 
Um, no, no districting requirements. I don't want you to tell me more about crane hiring costs. What I want is a 50-foot baby <laughs> that can build this building with its bare hands. No, so successful people, he says, tend to be those who, when they see something wrong, point it out, and when they sense an opportunity, I put this in bold, find a way to act on it. Okay. Um, so I think find a way to act on it is actually doing a lot of the intellectual heavy lifting in that particular sentence. Mm-hmm. Um, and there wasn't much intellectual heavy no, lifting to be done by this no. book. A lot of guys, spoiler alert for the book, a lot of kids' cartoons, a lot of little <laughs> diagrams of children, stick children, if you like that. But read it. And weirdly looking like upset. There's no one, there's <laughs> one in my chapter that just had a stick child like, like in like the fetal position inside a box. <laughs> I was like, wow, <laughs> okay. Like you should have a business selling children. This book's like a fucking Bernardo's ad. Like, what? <laughs> no, I'd say find a way to act on it. That doesn't just require a shift in attitude, it requires uh, either a significant significant amount of capital or access to capital. <laughs> oh, God, I really have this new idea for a new kind of grocery store. I'm just going to snap my fingers, and now I'm going to have a bunch of money to invest in it, or the social capital to borrow money to invest in it. Depends what the idea is, though. I mean, if the idea is like, dude, I could totally jump that fence, <laughs> then, you know, you could do that without much capital, enough capital to, like, buy trainers. You need a fence. Yeah, you need a fence. But you can, you can steal a fence. Mm-hmm. Borrow offense. <laughs> uh, so Lindley goes on to say, like many entrepreneurs, I was giving up a secure and well-paying job as deputy managing director at Nickelodeon UK, the children's TV network. We started from the bottom and now we're here. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Started from Channel 25 and now we're here. <laughs> yeah, so just like every, like it's the story, right? You know, every major entrepreneur you know, all the way back to sort of Roman grain merchants who would, you know, stake their fortunes on a, on a ship down to Africa, um, gave up a secure and well-paying job as deputy managing director at Nickelodeon UK, mm-hmm. the children's TV network. People say to me, how did you make the shift from, like, producing the wild thornberries into writing incredibly facile books about cho- children's <laughs> behavior? <laughs> like, how, did you, how did you make that <laughs> wild leap in your career? Um, <laughs> Um, and uh, there's a bit of a, a hint as to sort of how much pre-existing success actually played a role <laughs> in mm. the creation of... Oh, uh, the, the company in question is Ella's Kitchen. Yes. This is the guy who created Ella's Kitchen. Or the author of, you know, How to Be a, how to be a Billionaire Baby, um, Boss Baby. I'm going to call this Boss Babies oh, from now on. We, we do live in the end, the end Boss Baby times, uh, don't we? Before I settled mm. on organic... Also known handy, as the Boss Baby times. <laughs> before I settled on organic handy baby food... I had gone quite far down the road on two other business plans, both of which would have led me in very different directions and made this a very different story. So, so also, apparently, the way to become a successful entrepreneur, like the way to actually you know, own your own labor and not live a permanently exploited, alienated life, um, is, again, to just have enough money to fail like twice for years at a time at great cost before you eventually succeed due to pre-existing connections in the children's entertainment industry. Mm. It's a beautiful thing. <laughs> I mean, I, it, that, it right? raises the question, why don't we all do it? Yeah. You know? well, if he can do it, you know, why can't all of us? And, and then... Well, I can, but that's because, sorry, my full name's Alex Keeley, Nickelodeon. My dad is... My oh. dad is... My dad is... 
my dad is Steve Nickelodeon of the Nickelodeon. Oh, right, right, right. The Nickelodeon yes. Empire. Oh, sorry. you're one of these. You're part, you've got that sorry, Nickelodeon I don't, for my dynasty. Stage name, sorry, for my stage name, I do take the Nickelodeon off because one, it does imply connections and two, you get so many more kids coming for a political show. It's very difficult. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like the, the classic. So it's the son of Sir Edmund Hamburg Nickelodeon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Who actually well, I feel really sorry for Jim Cartoon Network that he's really doing some hard-hitting well, political stuff. Well, no, I mean, yeah, the yeah. thing is, Jim... And has Cart- nothing to do with the network, either. It's a p- pure yeah. coincidence. I know. Although, of course, Edmund Nickelodeon the first did make most of his money in the slave trade. <laughs> <laughs> That's how the name came about. Um, um, but one interesting thing I found in my chapter on uh, being confident uh, is that eventually uh, the author of, of this book uh, sold Ella's Kitchen, the charming, hat, cartoony, fun, organic, good relationships with healthy baby food company, to a private equity firm called Hain Celestial, mm. um, where he then I became... I love the use of the adjective celestial in the name of a private where, equity firm. Where all he, private equity firms are named after gods. They're all, that great, they're all called like Zeus Capital or like Poseidon Enterprise. They're all... all it's, they love to have a like classical myth reference. It's much like all, all fucking cutesy organic food companies are named after someone's kid, like Ella's Kitchen, right? I, I want to see private equity firms like <laughs> Jennifer's like <laughs> capital investment. <laughs> <laughs> Jennifer's pirate capitalists. Or like so, baby food companies called like Vulture Enterprises. Or <laughs> so this guy was um, then appointed global infant, toddler, and kids CEO at Hain Celestial. <laughs> kids CEO? But then... <laughs> That sounds like a new film, like the sequel to Bod- no, Boss Baby. we don't. One was so much more than enough. He's um, grown up a bit, and now he's the CEO. No, he's, no, no, he's running no, the company like a kid would. It, Although, more specifically, when running Hain Celestial like a kid, uh, it was the o- target of an ongoing class action lawsuit a few years ago uh, for mislabeling a bunch of products as organic that actually apparently weren't. Oh, wow. Is that the same company? Is that the, oh, it's the wow. same holding company. I don't know if it's the same brand, uh, but that's fun. Incidentally, the sequel to Boss Baby was stuck in development hell for 30 years, so he's, he's just a boss. <laughs> he's, just, he's just a boss. It's, like a normal, it's just like a yeah. normal company. It's just like a normal company with a normal adult man. But it's, it's, it's like, it's like no if Macaulay anymore. Culkin made a Home Alone sequel yeah. now, <laughs> where it's just like him like, waiting for a pizza. Well, no, but it's, just, it's just really sad. He still lives with his parents. He's 35. That's the real, that, the real tragedy at the heart of the film is that. I'd then yeah. love um, Boss Baby 3 after that one, uh, where he's a pensioner and mm. he's like still on the board mm. and he comes into the office and he's like, oh, can I help out at all? And they're like, no, go home. You're chairman. That's an <laughs> honorary. Like you have voting rights, but you're not meant to be in the day-to-day management. Um, and so, no, no, no libels against Hain Celestial. That's just okay. some shit I read. Okay. Um, so I'm going to do the toddler takeaways uh, from mine and then we're going to move on uh, mm-hmm. to Alex's chapter. Uh, toddler takeaway. Remember, any decision is better than no decision as we learned in last year's referendum. <laughs> Sorry, is that an actual piece of advice? Yes. If the bombing of Hiroshima and, <laughs> and <laughs> Nagasaki taught us nothing else. I honestly think like this is actually US foreign policy, but in uh, toddler advice. Fucking hell. The more you think about this, the more you realize more people actually do govern as though they have read this book. Um, and uh, next time you're taking a difficult decision, try, and this is all capitalized, EBT, Earth's best test, flip a coin and see how you feel when it falls. You'll probably know in your heart that you want to invade Syria and do <laughs> regime change when it goes the wrong way. 
Wow, the, the book took a really weird turn there. <laughs> a weird hawkish turn. <laughs> is the thing is the problem that we found that rubles only have tails on both sides. Is that what is that does it explain a lot of Russian intervention or well, Russian action? Yeah. <laughs> well, they have they have an eagle on one side and I think a horse on the other. So in right. a way both highly violent creatures. <laughs> both uh, yeah. highly useful for like military operate like either an eagle a symbol of like aggressive strikes or horse the crucial. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean true. The horse actually also has a shirtless Vladimir Putin destroyed it. Amazing. Key. Weirdly pre-existing on the mint before his. That's like from 1982, and it's just like how no, well, that? it was that? lucky that well, all, their, all their money was minted in 97 because they had to revalue the ruble. I might have a ruble in my wallet. Hang on. I also, also, also like I love, I love, I love the very diplomatic revalue than the actual devalue. <laughs> like you're like, oh, we were just revalue, but where did it go? Oh, down. It, it went. Down, it did we, go down, but it's a revalue. It was revalued. It's not wrong. So <laughs> in 97, it was revalued up. In so the, um, it used to be. It used to be oh, worse. I hate it when facts ruin a joke. Oh, um, oh go on, I go know. On, go on, go on. So I'm like, let's let, hit me with the information now. It's happening. So I mean, well, so it's, it's 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 dropped a huge amount since like 2014, although it's gone up a bit recently. So it used to be about in 2014, it was about 50, 50 rubles yeah. to the pound. Yeah, and now it's about like. 70 but it was at about 110 at one stage but part of that is the pound being shit yeah part of that is the pound being <laughs> shit yeah. good, we we've that. helped out we've we, helped we out we have we have helped. and so, the dollars crashed and the euro as well so in the interest of uh, in the interest of time and making sure that we get uh, get Alex to the church on time as it were you want to you want to hit your chapter yeah sure great um well, I would say as a, as, a, as a sort of warning to the listener that I find that it's almost like that this book is, a, is bullshit and that the extent, <laughs> the, almost the, extent, like. the extent to which it's possible to differentiate between the advice. So could you in one sentence articulate the advice of your chapter? Yeah. Um, to see whether it really differs from mine. My, the, the advice of my chapter is uh, instead of thinking about what you're going to do too much, uh, you should just start doing stuff, and then eventually, uh, you can, you know, also have a company that um, is affiliated with another firm that has some mislabeling scandals and is named after a Greek god. <laughs> crucially, <laughs> my like my one's called dive right in, and I find it difficult to like differentiate. Uh, logically between the mm-hmm. two. Do you think almost as though the core message of this book really is if you have capital already, you really can't fail? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If it, if it ain't broke for you, don't fix it. Like, that's... <laughs> um, yeah, so... Uh, yeah, uh, well... The, 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 the sort of... So mine's called Dive Right In, and uh, I think it's just sort of about... Just, just getting on, getting on with stuff, taking the big risks. But there's a whole lot of like, there's a whole lot of kind of contradictory advice. Oh, it's sort of things like you have to set your ambitions really high, but then don't set them too high. Mm-hmm. And like, like genuinely, like a lot a of the chapter, a lot of the chapter seems to boil down to that. I'm like, that's literally like Aristotelian phrenesis. It's like, <laughs> like stop repackaging a two and a half thousand year philosophy of choosing between an excess and a deficiency. Like that's the golden mean of acting like a toddler in business. And I think you can do the golden mean too much. I think mm-hmm. as a, like you just you've got to get a balance. You do the mm-hmm. golden mean a bit, but not to, you know. Mm-hmm. It's uh, a golden mean meta joke for the fans. <laughs> yeah, for the fans of bad jokes. If we've got any bad joke or fans for the fans in. of like niche Aristotelian references. Yeah, so, yeah. Like, I prefer if we were doing a more of a Hegelian synthesis antithesis. Uh, antithesis oh, thing. All right, all right. Each their own. I don't feel that 
Ella's kitchen would be on board with that, as far as I can see. <laughs> uh, so the yeah. most, one of the most obnoxious things I've ever read was in this chapter where she goes, um, okay, with Ella's kitchen, the guiding ambition is very much the same today as it was when I first started thinking about the business in 2004. Since the early days, we've been talking about our goal of a billion tiny tummy touch points. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. A billion tiny Your chapter tummy was than mine. touch points. <laughs> tiny tummy touch points. I mean, that is something that is said in a trial of a paedophile. I'm sorry to apologize, <laughs> really but is. that is like, where did he touch you on your tiny, tiny tummy? It's horrible. It can, cumulative individual servings of our food eaten around the world. So they want a billion, just say, do you know what? Billion tiny tummy touch points. Billion servings. I've done it. Done it in fewer words. Billion mm. servings. That's what you meant to say. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, That's also horrendously arrogant. Like, a billion servings of your... Pro- like Yeah, but also the specifying that they're tiny tummies. Be body positive, guys. <laughs> <laughs> what about really fat babies? What, don't you remember that bit from The Social Network where Justin Timberlake was like, a million tiny tummy touch points. That's great. What about a billion tiny tummy touch points? <laughs> <laughs> that's my, I think that's my favourite bit in The Social Network. <laughs> the social dark net. Yeah. <laughs> they're, like, they're, like, they're like, sorry, could you, could you, could you repeat that, Justin? <laughs> Um, like, if I write you a symphony. <laughs> um, yeah. So there's another, there's another, I'm just trying to find the exact, here we go. So they talk about setting yourself, or they, so, so they're saying that one of the, um, the virtuous things about toddlers is that they, uh, they set themselves like ambitious, like difficult to achieve goals. Um, and it's like, as opposed to adults that never do that either. But anyway, you are, okay, <laughs> fine. But then they say something, they say, uh, uh, what you need is a guiding principle around what you want to achieve and then the ambition to pursue it in ways that may occasionally scare you. Like the baby trying to climb out of their cot for the first time, you have no idea if you're going to make it or not. Now, it's not, as a, as a, like, just as an, as an analogy, I get that it's uh, a, a representation of ambition to try and climb out of a cot, but like that, that like would kill the baby. The cot's effort, like that's like, you're, you're yeah. advocating an ambition that if succeeded is your own self-annihilation. <laughs> it's like, it's not, mm. find another, find another analogy. Toddlers, toddlers have an innate knowledge of the fact that they want to end it all <laughs> before yeah, they get old well, enough exactly. to read this kind of shit. That's, um, yeah, yeah, that's the, that's the real message of never give up, which is that like as a toddler, you know that suicide, you actually mm. know the actual answer to life is suicide much earlier on than most humans. Yeah. Um, yeah. Dark. Okay, so. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like, um, it's like, you know, you ever watch The Sopranos? The Sopranos is a, a frequent touch point. Only on season one, which I really should get around to uh, watching. I love season one. But there's uh, a, there's so a scene in Sopranos where, um, where Tony has just loan sharked this guy's business into oblivion, right? This sort of sports store owner guy. And there's oh, a yeah. scene of him lying on his pool table with a gun in his mouth. Um, and he's, ab- and he's, about to, he's about to finally achieve... Um, but then his wife comes in and he's like hides it. He's like, oh, I'm fixing the, I'm fixing the lights. I'm fixing the lights. And you know, if maybe if if he never gave up, um, you know, he would have actually followed through with his dreams. <laughs> <laughs> he would he would have ruined a pool table though. <laughs> Difficult to eBay that. <laughs> yeah, a toddler wouldn't care. No, no, true, true. <laughs> well, so yeah, I think I'm not I, afraid of mess. <laughs> <laughs> I think. Um, I think that's most of the... This, well, so there was one other thing which I found very f- f- amusing, which was um, there were comic moments too. One that sticks out is when I had the chance to attend the Masters Golf Tournament with Doug Struthers, one of the earliest Ella's team members and my closest partner. 
He bought into the business as an investor, headed up our UK commercial and sales operation, and later relocated to, the, to run the US business in its early days. Doug had kindly invited me to the exquisite surroundings of the, of the Augusta National Golf Course, perhaps the most beautiful setting for any sporting event in the world, but it provided an incongruous backdrop for an uncomfortable conversation. We'd overestimated our US sales and ordered the packaging to match, overcompensating for the opposite problem we encountered in the UK, where we were seemingly always running out. Worse, we then discovered the material had a use-by date, and we couldn't simply store it away and wait for the market to pick up. How bad was the problem? Well, as the golfers worked their way around our main corner, we worked out that we had enough surplus material to cover the entire 6,800-meter length of every fairway on the golf course over four miles. We could also wrap the Empire State Building in the leftover packaging and briefly consider whether a PR stunt might be feasible. So let's rewind to the beginning of that paragraph. Yeah. <laughs> there were comic moments too. You've misunderstood. I'm not the best comedian by any. I am in the mean, I'm in the bell curve normal of the comedians at this August fringe. But fuck me, is that not a comic? You've misunderstood <laughs> joke structure. Yeah. It's one of the most, it's a boring paragraph. Yeah. There were comic moments too. Business information. That's how, like, that's how yeah. you do jokes, right? You go like, I've got this great joke for you. Um, <laughs> so... Uh, our costs rose by 3.4% this quarter and our, our, our income only rose, rose by 2.7%. So that actually is a 0.8 collapse in revenue. Oh, classic <laughs> I'm going to have to take my children out of private school <laughs> with hilarious consequences. Also, I, I, I love that. I'm going to file that under conversations that definitely happened. Mm. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Mm. But it's, it's the wacky analogy that he thinks makes it mm. funny. Like, yeah. But we could have wrapped the Empire State Building in it and we were arrogant enough to consider if that might actually be an option as a PR stunt. <laughs> we'll be like, why have you wrapped the Empire State Building in like cut up bits of cardboard that say like carrot sticks on them? Like, what? <laughs> like we're going to have to ask you to step away from the Empire State Building. So, right. Also, it's a great advert. We fucked, we overestimated our demand. Let's advertise that on the most significant building in the world. Like that's like, we fucked it. Yeah. And um, also another another little takeaway from that. Uh, one of the other keys to being successful in business is have absurdly rich and well-connected friends who will invest <laughs> in your company and stick with you through it even when things are going terribly because you fucked up. <laughs> Obviously. That's another key thing about being a toddler, actually, is having a ruthlessly exclusive clique of only the most selected people. Um, the, they do do that. The, 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 I think the best, the, the Frenesis thing, I think the best example, there's a toddler takeaway section because, you know, everything mm. is terrible. Um, mm. the, which and alliterative. Says, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Tiny tummy touch point takeaways. <laughs> well, yeah, it's weird that Ku Klux Klan haven't done better in people's eyes because that's mm. highly alliterative. So you think they'd be smashing, <laughs> they'd be smashing it, but people are all very negative. Yeah, but it's got a misspelling. Can have a, they could have a, like... Uh, Ku Klux Kiddies section like, with like a with a with a crash but spelt with a K. Oh boy, yeah. Kiddies hoping this podcast goes out many months after now, which is uncomfortably close to the Charlottesville protests. Um, yeah. I, I, it, it probably might actually. Fantastic, I'm delighted. Um, so the toddler takeaway: there's a double bullet point uh, which says we often think that we can't do things when the reality is we are too afraid to try. Don't intimidate yourself out of doing something before you even have given it a go. At the same time, accept that you can't provide all the answers. Like, what? That's not... That's like... That's literally... That is as, like, a clearer piece of advice as use the force. Like, it's not... There's not... It's just like, go for it. But also sometimes don't go for it. Like, that's, yeah, that's yeah. like... Use your judgment. <laughs> Literally. Uh, yeah. That's, but uh, you're not adding, you're like, use the, the judgment that you currently already have. We can't give you uh, anything, any other framework beyond that. Yeah. And you know, right. toddlers, once again, known for their moderation. 
Yeah, just they're actually very Aristotelian toddlers. They're always, <laughs> you know, like, uh, come on, mother, I love applesauce as much as the next toddler, but let's not have it in excess <laughs> or <I> deficiency. <laughs> I remember that passage in the in the in those philosophical dialogues where. Um, Socrates is talking about whether, like, a, whether there's, a, you know, if, if humans were in a cave. I know it's all a Plato thing, but humans are in a cave, and then the other person in the dialogue just like vomits a lot and asks for milk. Right? That's like the how, <laughs> that's, how that, that's how that works, right? It's really, it's a credit to Plato that for a minute I was like cycling through my knowledge of Plato dialogues to be like, wait, does that actually <laughs> happen? Does Socrates talk about the cave? I, I can't remember whether. I was going to say the, the, the vomiting of milk is definitely in there. Yeah. But yeah. Vomiting of yeah. milk is definitely yeah. more of a symposium thing. <laughs> I mean. If you read Plato's Symposium because it's really not far off. Like it's like Plato's Symposium involves them all talking about how gay sex is superior head to heterosexual sex because women are gross, and then they and then they all watch some slaves fucking on the table and then go home to fuck their wives. It's a very strange. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Book. Exactly. If only. And and this is what those white supremacists are protecting. Right. Yeah. Right. Oh my god. Uh, so what, do you have a core takeaway from your your chapter? <laughs> I mean, my core takeaway is I wish to take nothing away from 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 what I've seen. I guess my hot take is I don't Ooh. really know what happened. I sort of read a lot of it, and I so I have it on a selection of PDFs. And mm-hmm. I could have you could shuffle it legally obtained, legally obtained PDFs, mm. legally obtained, oh, obtained, legally. obtained non illegally with um, the permission of P- Poseidon <laughs> Investment <laughs> of Olympus dot <laughs> net. This this chapter was a bit like the fourth series of Arrested Development in that it was not good and was almost designed to be read at random. <laughs> yeah, is there a core uh, message? You think? I guess the core the core message is like is do it, but sometimes don't do it. That's like literally okay. a fair summary. I'm going to start keeping score of the three sample chapters we're reading. How many of them is the essential message really just do it, but sometimes don't? Because so far it's two out of three. Two, yeah. Like you're, I was like, have we read the same chapter? It doesn't seem that we have, but I was really scared that we'd read the same chapter. Bro. Did I go boss baby and forget to coordinate? <laughs> Much like the politics of sexual consent. <laughs> do it, but sometimes don't exercise judgment. Yeah. Yeah. Can't emphasize that enough. Really going to have to emphasize <laughs> that judgment in that scenario. And, and that's what you're going to put as the cold open to the podcast manager uh-huh. saying that, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, if we were recording the, yeah. the, the trailer still, that would be the, that would be the, the raw credits uh, line. So, the credits would happen and that would come on at the end before a cut to black. <laughs> um, speaking of Milo. Speaking of me. Um, so I had the, uh, the have fun chapter. Um, oh, boy. Oh lordy! I just I've written down some choice quotes. Um, uh, this was this was one I enjoyed. After all, we're busier and work harder than ever. In this context, the idea of returning to the way we lived as toddlers might seem frivolous, and it's like, well, it does. Yes. <laughs> yeah, immediately, yes. Um, that might is seem regressive to regress. But... That is, you know, that was one of the first sentences. I'm like, I agree with this so far. <laughs> okay, uh, where are we going now? You're like, I hope there's not a Philip that changes this the <laughs> a a paradigm, a paradigm shift. <laughs> like Prince Philip yeah. comes in, and they're like, like Philip of Macedon, God, <laughs> a bunch of toddlers. Yeah. Yes, that was the classical reference I was definitely doing. 
Love, love Philip of Macedon. Well, he did actually hire Aristotle, so mm-hmm. it all makes sense in a way. It, it all ties in together. Guys, it's like, it's like Hol- a Holofer Matita's in the room. <laughs> <laughs> hey hey John Knox, John Knox, famous uh, tutor, for only uh, uh, 30, 30 minutes train from Edinburgh, founded Calvinism. So it's like, I'll do that with my comedy. Yeah. I'll just, f- I've found like a different element of Calvinism with my, uh, <laughs> with my theology. In this we episode all- of Trash Future, we go in a new direction as three white Oxbridge educated men <laughs> discuss like modern technology in relation to play. Plato and various other classical references. Oh, yeah. Okay, th- th- then <laughs> we get we get into the meat of this chapter. There is a general suspicion that a group of people having a good natter and a laugh in the office aren't working as hard or doing as much as they should. Well, yes, because they aren't working. <laughs> um, yet, those people are likely to be happier, more settled, less stressed, because they feel able to have fun and express themselves. Because they're not doing any work. <laughs> and it, like, yeah, I agree. Yeah, <laughs> I also am a lot happier when I'm not doing any work because <laughs> yeah, it's not fulfilling in any way <laughs> filling out spreadsheets. The, the creepy thing that this implies is that sort of fun human contact and, um, you know, just a general enjoyable life is not desirable in itself. Um, it's desirable in as much as it actually increases productivity. You know? Right, right, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's Which, much like we can make more packets of carrot sticks if people talk about Love Island <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> it's like, it's like uh, guys, it's like this Good Life Economics book that I read, which was talking about the necessity to uh, envision Keynes's view that we would be at 15 hour working weeks with increased productivity at this point, but of course we're not because of insatiable capitalism. Because of the small. We all want to buy the Because of the small. We've got to get a small, don't we? Keynes did not predict that we could get as far yeah. and that we could fly <laughs> as close to the sun as the smalt. <laughs> He yeah. couldn't dream. I think, I think the problem was that he 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 misunderstood that the small would be more preferable under high advertising than like eight hours of poetry with your mates. That's mm-hmm. the problem there. That there was a the hope that we would just be all doing poetry in our spare time. God, imagine if Marx could know about the small. Because I mean, Marx thought that like the, he'd be the like, oh god, the proletarian are never gonna. Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, he thought that capitalism would collapse because the spinning Jenny would become too expensive to produce. <laughs> so I mean, if he had found out about the small. I think it might have broken his very mind. Oh my God. <laughs> you know, that's a that's a you know. So having fun. Hot take on marks there. <laughs> um, I loved it. Uh, and then uh, he quotes Brendan Boyle, play expert. Make of that what you will. Um, Isn't that a theatre critic? Like. I, d- I don't know. Sorry, I've gone for a pun no. there. I've pun on the word play, which can both mean the <laughs> joyous exercise oh. of one's own. I thought you know, it's, it's believable that there's I, like a Guardian play critic called Brendan Boyle. Yeah, and, yeah. And, oh, and oh I most certainly. I didn't even clock that you were doing a pun. I thought he was just some kind of like theater critic trying to make his job <laughs> sound more digital. I also want to clarify to mm. listeners that that's the one time if a joke fails, it's actually good because someone saying, I didn't clock you were doing a pun is basically saying, <laughs> I expected better of you. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and that's actually the only time that a non-laugh is a compliment. So I respect, I respect that greatly and enjoy it. Uh, that's good. Um, <laughs> Riley just made a horse noise. That's good. Um, yeah, so, so Brendan Boyle, play expert, uh, says, wouldn't it be so cool and transformative, whatever that Probably means, Probably not. if we piped kids' laughter into work offices? No! <laughs> no, it would not. It would be terrifying. It would be like a horror film. Literally, yes. <laughs> yeah. And also, what work offices as opposed to what other offices? Yeah. <laughs> Like the fucking Milo's shoe shop with a office. Milo's yeah. coming with a tautology <laughs> critique. Love it. <laughs> Love it. This, I found this tautology to be 
Tautologist. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't know about you, but I think that all of my Excel functions get so much more efficient when I'm like haunted by the tinned laughter of like distant psychotic boss. Can babies. we? Can we? <laughs> Can we pipe it into the I background think I saw of this podcast? Psychotic boss babies support Metallica in 1997. <laughs> Tiny Tommy touch oh. Yeah, really worrying. Instead of the normal theme music, we're going to use that. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's worrying. Well, and me also doing like two seconds of Timberlake. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, then, right. So then it goes on to say. One of the most important parts of the workshop, uh, she says, she's, he's quoting someone at this point, wasn't directly about how to listen to or look after customers at all. Um, instead, Emma would put out sheets of A3 paper, open po- pouches of Ella's kitchen products, and ask people to draw pictures by squeezing and smearing the food around the page. Right, that was for a customer care workshop. Uh, and I refer you back to the earlier quote. Uh, the most important part of the workshop wasn't directly about how to listen or look after customers at all. It's like these people can't do reading comprehension. <laughs> it's like, it, it, like they, they say that like, okay, so this is superficially and also in reality completely unrelated. But if we say it's related, then it is. <laughs> um, basically like Trump saying that there's a million more jobs in America because of him. And everyone could be like, no, it's not because of you. And he's like, no, but I'm president, so it is. <laughs> um, how how would like drawing pictures by smearing food on paper help you understand the customer? Ha- so have you seen that Charlie Brooker? There's a really good takedown of like there's oh, what those two like, experts where they like look at your poo and then from that they work out your diet. So that like Gillian McKeith, yes. them? yeah. So it's like oh if we look at your poo then we know that whether you're healthy or not and then there's a section in it where she takes their diet and it might be like gravy and pie you know because it's one of those slightly sort of sneering middle class shows gravy like, flavoured crisps pies and, and then they like put it in a big bowl and then mix it around and it's like oh it looks disgusting look what you're doing to your body because it looks all horrible and then like there's a very good Charlie Brooker bit where it's like yeah but you can take like foie gras and quinoa and stuff. if you mix it in a big vat it all looks if you mix food in a sort of <laughs> indiscernible vat yeah, <laughs> it's disgusting. It's not you've not made a point. Yeah, make anything just like any huge amount of vegetables if you just yeah, yeah. blended it. <laughs> uh, look at that cabbage with that radish. <laughs> together. Much rather have a nice pie. Yeah, look at that. Look at that very coherent pie that we haven't crushed. Like it's very coherent. Mm. A pie of pure coherence. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, this podcast is sort of coherent pie to be consumed <laughs> via your ears. It really does hang together, doesn't it? Mathematically, mm. pie isn't mm-hmm. coherent, though. Well, I don't oh, think it's coherent. Oh, it's irrational. Sort of that works. It? it is yeah. rational, so I think that works. That yeah, works. That's, that's, that's good. Yeah, that's I guess good. you could get the joke doctor here. to come in and <laughs> with that. Pie. I, mean, yeah. I can't believe we haven't used him. We've been paying him by the hour. Pierre we haven't used him once in the show. Pierre is staying downstairs from this flat. We could stomp on the floor three times and summon him. I've you done that in my flat. It takes a while, but he gets there. You don't have to be above him, but he's, yeah. like, he's like an Uber away. Yeah. Just get him that Uber. He's, he's like, there's an app like Pierre, but with no E on the end. Uh, no, one of the, no, but like one of the letters is like randomly capitalized for no reason. It's the, like Pierre. The, the, yeah. problem, the problem with the, with the Pierre app with no E on the end and only one R is uh, it's mostly used by sailors to find a birthing point. Sure, and suicidal people. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, all right, what else? Oh, yeah, right. So... Then this quote said, when we were getting ready to launch our dairy range, some of our sales team dressed as cows to pitch the products. 
okay, let's just imagine that business meeting. Like, they've gone to... I, I remember in the context of the chapter, they were, like, going to pitch the, their shit to, like, a supermarket. And so, like, you've got, like, people from the board of Tesco sitting in this meeting, like, okay, what's your product? And these guys wondering, like, well, moo there. <laughs> <laughs> they're in fucking cow costumes. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, the pitch went great. And it's like, did it go great? Or did you think it went great? Because I feel like the guys from Tesco head office were sitting there, like, are these like wait hang on are they, so are these the guys from Ella's kitchen or is this like the the kids from the local special school that we offered a tour to the today like flash mob is, yeah. is, this, <laughs> is this the is this the upright citizens brigade are these cows oh, not getting no. paid <laughs> It's like a PETA protest. Like some people dressed as cows are like. But that's the, you have to think about it from the other perspective as well. When those sales reps were sat down and they're like, "Okay, great. So you're going to give us the charts and figures for Tesco, so we can go and like pitch the product. We've got some good good sales data here." And like, mm, I see there's no binder here, just a humiliating onesie. Mm. You're like, "Yep, that's it." It's like, "Are you going to give us? Are you going to give us the figures?" And they're like, "Moo." And I'm like, "What do you mean by that?" And it's like, "We mean." No. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, your your dignity is worthless. <laughs> Bow down before your god, because if you don't clown around uh, for our sake, for the entertainment of the sake of another group of executives, you all starve and die. <laughs> Quick Peter digression. Did you guys see yeah. the thing about them putting a, like, chihuahua down? Ooh. So... There was some, somebody left their dot or something, and it wasn't in the time... There's a point where... If you leave a pet, I think they do get put down. But like Peter got successfully sued for doing it, for really jumping the gun. They were too stoked about killing a dog that oh, they did it too early. Very successfully, Peter. no, because apparently it's, it's un what you would expect Peter to be. Uh-huh. But I feel like I now know enough about Peter that I'm like, is there a stupid? Yeah, then Peter believe that. But if there's a stupid thing, Peter believe that. Uh-huh. In, uh, in 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 today's Peter hot takes, this reminds me of the greatest Peter. <laughs> That's hot not take. a recurring section, is <laughs> uh, it? It might. I be regret now. not listening well, no, to the podcast we, fully. Before. We have a very surprising recurring section. We're going to use to cap this whole thing off. That is genuinely a recurring oh. section. Mm. Uh, but uh, I saw a take from Peter once where they. Um, tell me, are you familiar with? Sorry, the... I thought you said pedo. No. <laughs> I, ju- I sorry. Yes, sorry. That's <laughs> not pedo. a bit. Yeah, that okay, is a problem right. that they've had. Yeah. yeah. Um, have, are you familiar? <laughs> People just mishear it. <laughs> we are pedo. No, they're you... not even an advocacy group for pedos. They're just like, we're pedo. Yeah. Yeah. We are, we are the one. personification the... as a... It's like Hobbes yeah. Leviathan, you know? They all come together. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. When they did a collab oh, with a Speedo Ra- Swimwear to like do <laughs> animal protection in conjunction with... Uh, yeah, a, Power Rangers, a Power Rangers Megazord. Uh-huh. It only becomes when all the components <laughs> come together, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> that's my and Leviathan just, mini and take. Just, and, just, and then oh, yeah, yeah. they hold up their hand for, and then to get their like powerful sword, it's just some candy. Right. Hobbs Lovely. is tiny tummy touch points. Horrible. So uh, no, but you're, that's you're a Peter hot. Are takes. you aware of Warhammer Forty Thousand? Yes, I think I know. I, so I remember that this is a thing, but I don't remember what the thing is. So please say it again. Um, okay. My main here's the thing. My main <gasps> I remember what with it is. this is that they actually really mangled Warhammer Forty Thousand canon um, <laughs> because. They objected to the. Let's not pretend that that's the problem here. Like, like <laughs> no, that they, 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 a model of a chaos space marine. No, no, no. A model of a warrior of chaos, rather. Warhammer fantasy was a fantasy model, not a 40k model. Uh, was wearing fur, uh, carved plastic fur. 
There's a representation of a chaos warrior wearing fur. And they were like, a, bra- a brave chaos warrior or a, a noble space marine or whatever uh, wouldn't wear fur. And it's like, you can't compare those two things. They're from different universes. And one served the ruinous powers and the other is on the side of the Imperium, which in fact is arguably worse than the empire of the old world. Because the emperor is like a space Nazi god who happens to be humanity's only civil sa- salvation. And Sigmar just killed a bunch of orcs with a jawbone. <laughs> I have very hard what opinions of Warhammer. What the fuck are you talking about? So let's clarify that it turns out my Discworld ref early in the show was like a kind of Mrs. Brown's Boys level of like cultural reference and comparison to what just beautifully happened. <laughs> yeah, that is just like, I mean, I think, it w- I mean, wow. No, I not I World of Warcraft, Warhammer. It's possible to catch <laughs> autism. <laughs> oh, that's a very good joke. Um, oh no, sorry. They, they, were, they were objecting to the Space Wolves, but... Yeah, no, it's from the mighty Lehman Russ and Horace Lupercal. You can't compare Lehman Russ, one of the original Primarchs, to Horace Lupercal, the arch traitor. <laughs> Come on. I never, I never thought we would have a moment on the show where it was like, oh, no, actually, they were talking about the Space Wolves. <laughs> like, I, didn't really, I didn't really know that was where this episode was going. Um, I think we might have to do an all Warhammer. Film was still like day. about a third of the way through Milo's chapter. Oh, sorry. So get, <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no that, that like, was actually the end. I was, uh, I was the digression. I think I was the original digression boy here. That was actually the end. Are there any my, toddler takeaways? There were, but I didn't know them down. I didn't realize they That's were. They were. They were very banal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, I'm gonna pull it up. I'm gonna pull um, it up on my the, computer. The banality of hope. Uh, the toddler takeaway. Um, of let's just make sure this is yeah going back to the Peter thing my like my, my problem with like them criticizing Warhammer 40k is not that they got Warhammer 40k wrong it's that they think criticizing Warhammer 40k is a worthwhile thing to do like, like oh they read the Warhammer 40k lore and they got it wrong no why have you read it's it like, it's like, also it's like, it's like it's like being like I can't believe you painted someone that like it's like doing a portrait of someone with fur I'm like yeah but it's not I didn't, I didn't go and kill a fox. It's like, it's you don't know how paint works. Like, it's not... I had to paint a fox and then kill it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and also, they're, they're, they're totally... From, yeah. It's like they're totally unaware that wolf pelts give the space wolves to standard tactical marines plus one ballistic skill. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, but if Peter... If someone had just explained to Peter that, then they would have backed down. They give uh, plus one veganism. <laughs> the, fun, the fun thing about Peter is, like, what if you loved animals, but also loved objectifying women? What if both of those... That's the Peter way, isn't it? All of their adverts are like... I know that you didn't care about the death of animals before, but what if this naked woman has a little bit of fur on her or no fur or like a vegetable? Like now you're thinking about fucking the woman, but now also the animals, like it's like the most, yeah. but you put that bizarre, fox down. <laughs> it's the most bizarre objectifying. Like there's no, I actually can't think there are almost like no brands that objectify women as much as Peter does. Mm. They put down their skinning knives to well, masturbate. Or Lynx, as you know. Maybe not even, say. though. Maybe not even even Lynx. even Lynx and Axe have gone like Pomo Iro on some of their adverts. Pomo Iro? Yeah, is right. that a post, kind of tomato? Post, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a Chipotle <laughs> sauce. Um, the, uh, <laughs> Pomo Iro. <laughs> Sounds like one of those niche, like, alt-right okay. protests. I've got, I've got the last page of Milo's uh, chapter up, and it's pretty fun. I'm going to read two, one of the toddler takeaways and one of the toddler watch and smiles, which doesn't have any alliteration in it, and so clearly is mm-hmm, not mm-hmm. trustworthy. Watch and smile. The third toddler takeaway is a bit of humor can go a long way whether it's diffusing tension or giving you the upper hand in a commercial conversation. Great. Remember that golf course anecdote, which was oh, the thing yeah. is I'm still actually a bit dead from how good that that's, anecdote That's how was. we intimidate. It's a, mm. There's a third figure that um, we didn't hear, which is we could wrap the Empire State Building, cover this golf course, or I could like make cement shoes out of them and drown you if you don't keep <laughs> giving me money. Ha, mm. ha, ha. 
Having fun doesn't have to be frivolous. It can be a central part of how you win. Grind yourself to death in the gears of industry. Uh, and toddler I think you're adding sentences into this. <laughs> yeah, um. I, I, I may be editorializing. But uh, toddler watch and smile. Party political broadcasts are perhaps the last thing you would ever think could be fun. Yes. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, accurate. Uh-huh. Um, um, yet the 2016 ah. London mayoral election, the Green Party broke the mold with something that was genuinely attention-grabbing, funny, and creative, and handed them the victory easily. <laughs> sorry, I added the last. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, sorry. yeah, yeah. Uh, Again, I don't know me. your listener. I don't you know your listenership because a bunch <laughs> of them will know that that is inherently a hilarious thing to say, and other yeah. people will be like, "Oh, cool, London is <laughs> London's got a green mayor." I'm yeah. like, "Well, no, no it's Sadiq. we'd be likely he's, he's to great. Ha- he's great. We'd, we'd be more likely to have a mayor who is actually green yeah. than <laughs> yes. a mayor from the Green Party. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <There> he's got. <laughs> <laughs> He's got this Tory party candidate has scurvy, but won the country. Won the, like, has... <laughs> we have a giant corn-selling man. As our man. He's like, it's like literally the only that thing. charisma that the Tory party rarely yeah. have in metropolitan England. And We uh, literally yeah. just, all the Confederate monuments that were knocked down in the States, uh, we shipped them here and elected them to everything. <laughs> what, did the, uh, what did the mayor say about the new like school meals program? He said... Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so interpret that as you will. Yep. Uh, uh, it's, a, it's a green giant a thing in America. I don't know. I don't know what I your listenership is. Uh, no one. Uh, what? No, no, no. It's, 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 it's wherever. I don't remember about the... Gr- I think it was a thing in Canada. That's basically America. Sure. It's yeah. like... It's like... Um, it's like uh, it's like, you know how you have Spotify and Spotify Premium, like Canada is America Premium. Yeah. Like, it's like you have to... Yeah. I can buy that. Get, yeah. Yeah, it's I can buy that for twelve ninety nine a month. Yeah, that I made no, Canada. To instead to the of same instead song of on repeat. instead of no ads, it's no white nationalists. That's the thing you get. You have to like sit through all these white. Like you still get the great same great content with America. Same great taste. These white nationalists every hour. Same great taste. Zero white nationalism. <laughs> um, Tastes great. Less killing. It's yeah, exactly. without. But what do they put in the chemical that means that you don't have the taste of the white nationalists? Is that, maybe that's more unhealthy. Carcinogenic chemical. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, Canada, no A on the end, and just an R. So any, um, any, I'm, 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 I'm sensing we we should move to our our final repeating segment that oh, is thought, genuinely yeah. repeating. Oh, segment. Green, but what uh, I want to know is what what are our final takes on uh, on 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 the boss baby guide to being a billionaire. I think that, um, uh, like that there's, it's, it's, it's like, so it's so bland. It's so caveated and it's so, uh, yeah, genuinely in a, in a, in a way I was before I, before I was going to, before I was reading this, I thought there'd be like, loads of like ridiculous things there were a few ridiculous things but like most of it it was just like it's just like it's just like if you got gruel but took more of the taste out it's just like it's it's just like yeah. you, there's no there's no actual frameworks or tangible advice from what i was looking mm. at it was just quite like go for it but do know when not to go for it like that was yeah like, as, a, as a piece of advice i was like that's you've added nothing so it's it, it's 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 dickensian uh toddler advice sure yeah gruel, yeah gruel but less good but i'd be like I don't need any more, sir. Like, I don't need any more gruel. <laughs> please, please sir. sir, can I not have more gruel? And he's like, seconds of gruel. I'm like, no, I don't. I'm, oh, I'm full. Full, full, please, full boy. We're like, please, sir, can I have some more gruel? And it's like, well, you must exercise your own judgment <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. as to whether more gruel is really what you need or whether that will be the object of your own demise. Would a toddler have this gruel? Like, <laughs> yeah. And, any, any final thoughts? Well, I mean, my chapter was just like fucking, you know, you won't feel like you're doing work if you're not doing work. And it's like, yes, I know that. <laughs> Because like it's like not doing work, more fun than doing work. Hot take from this guy. 
Yeah. But uh, now that I'm back, I wanted to know, Milo, have you heard anything about our favorite super listener? Oh, yeah, our favorite super... Well, so basically... Pamela Anderson of Peter. <laughs> How did you know? Even sexier. Even even sexier. Mean. And uh, <laughs> some, somehow even, okay. even more okay. 1980s. We'll find a frenetic mean of sexiness <laughs> between... <laughs> Look, Sorry. Little Wins told us... Like, Boss Baby Bingo told us how to find right. our sexy super listener. Right? Yeah, imagine something between Pamela Anderson and Riley Quinn. Um, yeah. It's Steven Seagal, um, <laughs> who is, you know, a, a relentless source of great tidbits. Um, <laughs> so what we like to do is close the episode every week with a, with a fact about Steven Seagal. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, a man with a, a, a Wikipedia page much longer than it deserves to be. Um, <laughs> and the Steven Seagal fact of the week for this week is that um, Seagal was granted Serbian citizenship on 11th of January 2016 following several visits to the country and has been asked to train the Serbian Special Forces in Aikido. My question there is, how shit are the Serbian Special Forces? <laughs> like, surely, like, the previous Serbian Special Forces or, like, other spe- should be training. Like, Steven Seagal has never been in the Special Forces. He's just played people who were. But, like, who else do they get? Like, fucking Ross Kemp. <laughs> like, I think Google have brought Robert Downey Jr. in to work on their Deep Mind project, I think, right? Because he's very good in those, uh, in those films where he's an Iron Man, yeah. isn't he? No, it, it, it's perfect. Uh, their Google Defense, the do- Google Defense contract, Contractor actually right. has brought him in not just to do their defense contracting, but also their wisecracks. Yeah, he's yeah. very good at both of those. Uh, yeah, they've got they've got him in, and they've got Black Sabbath as well. <laughs> um, so they're actually doing Iron Man before it was cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, so the Serbian, I thought there was a whole thing with the Russian special forces that Steven Seagal followed that exact script. He visited Russia a few times, got citizenship, trained the special forces, or quote unquote trained the special forces, and then was still. Unimaginably fat the whole time. No, just I just I think we shouldn't be particularly worried about maybe like Russian and Serbian military working kind of cohesively together because I don't think anything has ever bad happened to say about a hundred years ago when the Russians and Serbs had a very close kind of military policy. I can't think of anything bad that happened for about four years. In fact, fact, that that axis has. Never actually had anything go wrong. Not uh, 20 years ago, not 100 years ago. (laughs) Maybe if Steven Seagal managed to get in an argument with the band Franz Ferdinand, we would really have cause to worry. (laughs) Do you think think Scotland would really fight over Kapranos getting like a a couple? I mean, because of great riffs, but the fourth album was pretty Mm. bad. No, I I, I love Mm. that. They'd be like, you say you want me to take you out. I'd be happy to oblige. The new Steven Seagal film called, like, Take Me Out, (laughs) where where he invites various of the world's best assassins to, quote-unquote, take him out. Amazing. Um, And one of them just takes him for a nice seafood dinner and never calls him again, and that's really, really hurtful. And then that is when... pain was the emotional. (laughs) (laughs) What if if the real taking me out was the friends we made along the way? (laughs) (laughs) And with that, I think it's time to put down the microphones and live another day. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye.